welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Great Lakes Football Talk. Before we get on with the episode, we just want to give a huge shout out to all of our fans and listeners out there who continue to listen to us every single week. Uh, feel free to share our episodes with your family, your friends, your co-workers, just so we could get some more listeners, and we'll continue to put out some excellent shows for you guys. Do you need advice for your fantasy football team? How about your DraftKings or FanDuel lineup? Goingfor2.com has you covered. Goingfor2.com has exclusive content from some of the best fantasy writers in the industry, whose credentials include Bleacher Report, Fantasy Pros, and Fantasy Life. From advice columns to player ranks, Goingfor2.com has it all. Sign up for our newsletter to have all of our content sent to your inbox. Start winning today. Visit Goingfor2.com because no one remembers the extra point. All right, guys, welcome back. So today's episode, we got something different for you guys. Um, Me and Adam put together a list of basically over-unders for this coming season, Uh, some fantasy-related, some just team-related, some individual player-related. So we're just going to go back and forth, uh, ask each other some over-unders, and then give our thoughts on each one. Uh, Adam has the majority of the list. Well, I threw together a couple as well. So he's pretty much going to run this show, and uh, we're going to kick it off right now. And I'm going to go to a big one right away. I'm going to go Nikhil Harry, um, over under 1,000 receiving yards. Um, it's This should be a huge season for him. He's basically the wide receiver one by default over there, and he has Tom Brady as quarterback. So I'll go and just – I'm going to say he's going he's gonna to crush 1,000 yards. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he hits 13, 1,400 yards and just runs away with rookie of the year. Yeah, and I would agree with you there, too. I don't know about Rookie of the Year, but I do agree that he'll go over 1,000 yards, giving the over there. Um, The one downside is a lot of people say that this New England Patriots offense is very complex, complicated. Uh, So it really is up to him if he can understand the offense early, get in a rhythm with Tom Brady, and and just get it rolling. But uh, I believe he is uh, the number one, the number one, he will be the number one target there for past receptions. They do have James White out of the backfield, but with the loss of Gronk, uh, loss of Chris Hogan, uh, Edelman's still there. Obviously, he's he's Brady's favorite target, but uh, Harry's going to be their big guy, and I, I could definitely see him going over 1,000 yards. Yeah, and he's somebody for fantasy purposes in basically every league imaginable. You take him, uh, I'd say fairly early in dynasty leagues. He's a round one guy, and basically standard leagues, you you take him third or fourth round or fourth or fifth round. I'm for me, I think mean, because you, you're going to have to reach for him because there's going to be that one person in your league that's going to take him even earlier than you planned on just because he's a Patriot wide receiver who has probably the best skill set that Tom Brady's had in arguably since Randy Moss. The second one we're going to go to is going to be Kerryon Johnson over under. 1,200 rush yards. Now, we do have a new offensive coordinator who plans on helping Stafford by basically not having him pass as much. They want We want to focus more on the run game. Um, now, he does have competition. So do you think he's going to at least hit the 1,200-yard mark? Uh, before I get to that, I just want to touch on Nikhil Harry for our fantasy listeners. Um, I, I've already done – maybe four drafts right now, well, four dynasty drafts in my rookie only dynasty draft that we've done. Uh, I took him at third overall. Um, I kind of just liked him there. There obviously was other options. I think only Josh Jacobs and 
Kyler Murray, I believe, was the other one off the board there. So it's not even a two quarterback league, but uh, it took Nikhil Harry a third overall there. And then in the in the league that we're currently doing right now that you're in with me, I just took him at seventh overall. Um, and this is kind of a different weird setup that we got going on. So that doesn't really indicate that he is the seventh best rookie because there were some vets thrown back into the pool there. Um, so I just want to throw that out there for any fantasy listeners. As far as carry on Johnson goes, I do think that he could over 1200 yards. Uh, I know you saw the tweet as well as every other lions fan and, and any every other NFL fan, but they said that they wanted to run the ball more this year. Um, the biggest thing is going to be his health. He's got to stay healthy. If he could stay healthy, I, I'm a huge on Johnson believer. I know you know that. I know people in my fantasy leagues know that. Um, I love the guy, and I hope that I hope he does pan out. I hope he is. I don't want to compare him to Barry Sanders, but I hope he is that running back that Detroit's been looking for since Barry Sanders, and I could easily see him going over 1,200 if he plays all 16 games. Yeah, and it's oh, kind of hard for me to say that he'll go over, but I am going to say he's going to go over. For some reason, is he's by far the most talented back we have on that team, and he will be in the committee with C.J. Anderson. Um, I do believe if he doesn't hit 1,200 yards, it's going to be because C.J. Anderson just forced himself into having a bigger role than what I think we like initially planned on giving him. But I don't see any – outside of health, I don't see any really true threat as of now. I mean – we do have a you know, handful of backs that can run the ball and do it well at times. I mean, Zach Zenner, he's going to he, – he, to me, especially in fantasy leagues, he's going to be more pesky for some reason. Is we are going to give Zenner a handful of carries that could go to not only carry on Johnson but to C.J. Anderson. And uh, we still have Theo Reddick. I mean, God, I wish they'd just have him be a slot receiver and stop giving him the ball in the run game because – he cannot do nothing, but I, 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 man, it's, I'm a huge carry on Johnson fan. I I'm hoping he has 1200 yards. I mean, if we can successfully run it where he hits 1200 yards, I believe that would be the key to Detroit having a successful season. The third one is 1400 receiving yards from Juju Smith Schuster. Um, no Antonio Brown, no Jesse James. Uh, they, they really didn't, replace any of their key losses with you would say top end talent I mean they did take um Deontay Johnson out of the University of Toledo in the third round which I think was a little early um Zach Gentry the Michigan tight end uh it's I don't know if either one of those really go and replace any of that production um I don't see anything where Juju's gonna get stopped like anywhere underneath 1,400 yards. I think Ben's going to maybe even force him the ball more than he should just because that's like really the only reliable option in the in the pass game right now. But I could see Juju potentially – it might be a little bit of reach, but I could potentially see him leading the league in, in receiving yards this year. Yeah, I think this is going to be one that I'm going to go under on. And if it is under, it's – it's not going to be by much. He did hit 1,400 last year. He actually went just over at 1,426. Um, but I don't I just, I just, don't know. I don't really see the Pittsburgh offense really doing too much. Um, obviously, the headache of Le'Veon Bell is gone. Yeah, he didn't play at all last year. But now knowing that, like James Conner, knowing that he's not going to be threatening to take his job back or coming back at any given week, that definitely helps out. I think they're going to have a better running game. Um, but as far as the passing game goes, Ben, 
he's he's another year older. He has struggled as of late um, in some games and especially on the road. And I don't think he's going to be chucking up 650, 680 balls again this year. Um, and they did go out and get Dante Moncrief, who he's not a he's not going to be turning heads, but he's definitely going to take away some from Juju. He's no Antonio Brown, James Washington there in the slot, definitely going to help out there too. So they're going to spread the ball around a little bit. Um, I definitely the potentials there, uh, and it's going to be huge. I know Juju's going. Pretty pretty early in fantasy drafts and in redrafts. I know a lot of people aren't redrafting yet, but uh, he's going to be going closer to the second round. Um, it's going he'll hover right around fourteen hundred. But I'm, for the sake of argument, I'm just going to say uh, under on this one. Yeah, and you know, I'm glad you mentioned Bell because we're actually going to go jump the list a little bit and go to him. Le'Veon Bell over under sixteen hundred total yards. So we know he can not only run the ball, but we know he's a dangerous. Um, dangerous receiver out the backfield. So 1,600 yards is the mark. Do you think he hits that? I, in total yards, I think that he can. Um, he's a huge part of that Jets offense. Uh, he's obviously, he's the number, basically the number one target in that Jets offense, whether it's passing or rushing. Uh, so a lot of that offense is going to go through him. I can definitely see 1,600 total yards, um, and I don't have the numbers in front of me uh, from his previous seasons, but he definitely has shown that he has the ability to do it all. And just catching the ball to the backfield, the way he runs, uh, he's going to be a big safety blanket for Sam Darnold. Uh, so even just those little slip screen passes or, or little two-yard passes and outs just to get them, I mean, all those yards are going to count and all those yards matter. Yeah, see, I'm going to basically do this just for the sake of argument too. I'm going to go under. And I think it's because there's a big difference from the Jets offense and the last um, and the last Pittsburgh offense that he was in. There was Antonio Brown. Teams are scared of him. There was Jesse James and Vance McDonald, who you had to at least respect. You had Big Ben, who you have to be afraid of any week you go in. And if you know he's dropping back, you have to be scared because Big Ben's not only a Super Bowl champion, but – He's honestly, to me, one of the most underrated guys in the league. And now he's going from that to Sam Darnold, who's their tight end. He's going, who do they even have a real number one wide receiver on that team? I think a lot of people are going to focus on Anto or, um, excuse me, Le'Veon Bell. I say, I think Le'Veon Bell has, you know, four or 500 yards in receiving, but I think he, what's going to knock him down from the 1,600 total yards is, I don't believe he hits a thousand rush yards this season. It's a week a big difference in the offensive lines. You had one of the, you could say, top maybe ten offensive lines in the league to go down to the Jets, who you could arguably say is one of the worst, if not the worst, outside of maybe Arizona. So I'm gonna go under on that. He's he scares me to death this year in fantasy. Um, from a, a fan perspective, I hope he does well. Um, you know, I've watched him basically since before he was a professional. I watched him at Michigan State. Um, he's one of my favorite players to watch, but it's it's going to be so hard because even though he was a big part of the Pittsburgh Steelers offense, he wasn't the main piece in that offense. And now he's going to shift over and be the focal point, which a, a lot of times it's a good thing, yes. The thing is, though, when you're going – when you're, like, by far and away the main focal point, teams are going to start trying to take you away. They're going to stack the box. 
you know, who knows? He could be getting double coverage in the pass game now. So it's it's going to be a risky situation. Now to go to a one that I think will be really fun. Rob Gronkowski, or Rob Gronkowski over under eight games played. You know, it's he's already, you know, basically been on – somebody close to him's already been on record. Uh, it might have actually – he might have actually said it too. I'm not 100% sure. I can't remember correctly. But he said that if, if Tom Brady called him and said, hey, man, I need you to come and help, the, you know, turn this team around because, you know, we're starting to sink a little bit, he, he said he'd come back. So I'm going to go over – and I'm with, it's going to be barely. I think he'll hit that eight or nine game mark just for some reason is I don't see them waiting too long. If if you go into the first, you know, six, seven games of the season and somehow you see the Patriots go in three and three, three and four, I I think when it comes to the, the Patriots, that's a time to panic. When you're in your first two months of the season, the year you lost four or five games. So I could see Gronkowski coming in November-ish, and then playing the rest of the rest of the season out to try to help Tom Brady. Yeah, this one I, when I looked through your list, um, I, I don't. I'm going with Yonder on this one. I don't think he's. I, I think he's not playing at all this year. I, I'm not even. I'll even go under on one game. I just don't think he's going to be back at all this year. If he decides to come out of retirement at all, it could be next year. Uh, but I think he's done with football for good. Um, I really don't have any art other thoughts in it. I think that they would have called him already, especially uh, with their lack of tight end help that they got. I know they went out and got Safarian Jenkins um, and Ben Watson, and Ben Watson is out for the first four games. So um, after that news came out, I think maybe they would have gave him a call. But even then, I think they're just going to roll with ASJ, uh, whatever other tight ends they got on the roster, have Ben Watson come back in week five, and and that's about it. I don't think Grant plays it down at all. It's gonna be something to watch. I'm I'm kind of hoping that he he does. I think it'd be a sneaky thing for uh, honestly anybody that's in fantasy. I mean, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, in our league that we're drafting it now, he was actually um, one of the the main guys kept for um, one of the other managers. Even though you know it could arguably waste a roster spot in fantasy leagues, it could pay off huge if he does come back. Now, we're gonna go and go to a team you know very well. We're going to go with the Buffalo Bills, and I believe we actually have two on this list. But we're going to go to the first one. Buffalo Bills in the wing column, over under 10. Uh, this one, I'm actually going to go even, right at 10. Um, I I did a pod with another with a buddy here that he's been on. Uh, Mark, he's been on our pod. We did his podcast and we actually went through the bill's schedule. Uh, this was pre-draft though, but even then I'm still sticking with my same, my same prediction. I think that they're just going to be right at 10. I think I had them maybe four and two or three and three in the division. Um, I have them starting off pretty favorably. I think it was three and oh, uh, before they get new England, uh, in week four. Uh, but I think they take the first three, the two first games in New York and then come home and beat the Bengals. Um, I don't remember the whole rest of the schedule or, or who I chose as wins and losses, but overall I had 10 right on the nose. Yeah, I'm actually going to go over. I'm going to say 11 um, just because I believe their biggest weakness out of the whole thing outside of the offensive line, which they have tried really hard. I mean, they signed like basically every available um offensive lineman that there was left. Plus they, they, you know, they're just doing, they're putting effort into the whole Josh Allen thing. So I'm going to go 11 wins. Um, they upgraded the wide receiver position, which is huge. I think people are sleeping on the whole 
getting Cole Beasley and Jerron Brown. I think those are two guys you really want to have on your team. They both can get Jerron Brown. I'm a huge fan. I mean, I I think he's a guy that could really go and just stretch the field for Josh Allen um, and change the whole aspect of the game for him. Cole Beasley is uh, the perfect security blanket. Go 11 wins. Uh, and I know that that would make him even hit 10 wins. That'd be that'd be awesome for Buffalo, because you guys just like Lions. You guys been through so much. Now we're gonna switch over to the Ravens, and this is something I think a lot of people. I mean, if they take this ch- the chance on this guy when it comes to fantasy, um, on the side the fantasy side of things, is he's a head scratcher. And I'm gonna go Lamar Jackson over under 30 total touchdowns. So receiving, um, passing, maybe even uh, or, um, or rushing, receiving, and uh, and passing clearly since he's the quarterback. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's a guy who he, he likes to run a lot more than I believe that he should, even though teams have asked him to try out when he was a uh, – when he was going to the combine, they asked him to try out as wide receiver – he refused. Um, I think he's been, he's been asked a couple times to even try for running back and refuse, but yet he likes to run the ball like a running back. So uh, my take real quick is going to be under. I don't I don't know if he's going to ever be a guy that hits 30 passing t- or 30 total touchdowns until he actually starts learning to be a quarterback. Um, I don't remember how many passing touchdowns he had last season, but I think it was basically like one per game. So I think more around the uh, the twenty twenty two mark would be I I think the ceiling for him this year. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I gotta agree with the under there. I I'm not a Lamar Jackson fan at all. Um, I've said it multiple times. I think a couple times on this podcast. I've said it on the page. I just until he learns how to throw the football, I really don't see him doing much. I mean, and, and we saw it in the playoff game versus LA. They figured out how to stop them. They figured out how to, how to stop that offense. Um, just overall, I think that, I mean, if they can get a run game going and they get that defense um, back up to par, I know they lost some key pieces, then Baltimore as a whole can definitely do some damage. But Lamar Jackson as a quarterback, I, I just don't see it. And he only had six, six passing touchdowns last year. Um I don't see him getting anywhere near 30 in, in total touchdowns. I think that a lot of the short yardage stuff is going to be through Mark Ingram. I think that um, his passing touchdowns might get up to 15, 20. Uh, so that, that leaves us with another 15 to fifteen to 10 rushing touchdowns for him. And I just don't see that happening. So I'm going under here. And from, from one quarterback who has trouble playing quarterback to we're going to switch over to a quarterback that actually blew away everybody last year as first year starting quarterback we're gonna go Patrick Mahomes uh he he, he's potentially losing um Tyreek Hill we don't know if it's just me for a couple games we don't know if it's gonna be for maybe the season by suspension we don't know if it's gonna be even permanently if they release him but he threw 50 passing touchdowns last year and uh I put the mark for over under at 35 passing touchdowns uh I believe he doesn't hit the 35 uh touchdown mark this year. I believe he's closer to a – I think he's going to miss it by a couple. I think he's going to maybe throw 28 to 30 touchdowns. Their running game doesn't scare me. Uh, they can focus more on um, eliminating 
his arm, even though it's going to be so hard to do because he is a, his arm strength is phenomenal. He's such a smart quarterback. But I, I don't see him having the success. I, I definitely don't think he's going to hit 50 again. Um, 30, I think, would be the the top end for him this year just because they're, you know, if Tyreek Hill's gone for half the season, the whole season, you you use that with Kareem Hunt, not replacing Kareem Hunt, um, replacing or potentially replacing Tyreek Hill with Nicole um, Hardman, who the Georgia wide receivers were very underrated coming out because they're such a run first team. And, you know, he's drawing comparisons to Tyreek Hill, but I don't know if there could ever be another you know, Tyreek Hill just because he's such a complete package when it comes to not only being able to burn you, but he, he has, his hands are good. His, he's so intelligent, too, as a player. And I don't know if anybody's ever replaced him as, like, a whole package type guy. Um, and I, going into your, your, second full, your second full starting season – and not having, you know, your security blanket. I mean, people can argue all they want. It's Travis Kelsey. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, he loved Tyreek Hill. Um, it's going to be a big adjustment for him because you're going, you know, you can depend on this guy with, you know, with anything you, you need to depend on, uh, depend on him with. And now after one year, he's just basically uprooted, at least for part of the season. It's – I don't think Mahomes suffers too much from it, but I think it's enough to definitely um, – for fantasy owners, definitely not to reach on him, hoping that he'd put up 40 touchdowns this year. And I think for this over-under game, um, I think it's enough to boost to where I'm going to say under. Yeah, I'm going to go with the over here, or even at least the same. I think that he hits 35, uh, possibly even a little bit more. Definitely not going to hit 50 again. Um, but, I mean, you mentioned that the run game is not scary, but at the same time, with the run game not being scary, they're going to have to pass it some more. He's possibility of losing Hill, but overall, he still has some good wide receivers. He has some good weapons on that team. Travis Kelsey is still one of the best tight ends in the game. Um, so I'm going to go the over here. I think, I mean, a 15 touchdown drop is, is a lot. So, and I think that he, uh, I think that he hits or stays right at 35. Uh, we're going to switch over to the defensive side of the ball. Nick Bosa, um, second overall pick. In the draft, I have his over-under at eight sacks. I'm going to go under. Uh has nothing to do with talent. It has everything to do with his injuries um, or potential injuries that he's going to end up getting. I, I, I'm i worried that, that his career is going to be derailed by him, even though he hasn't played in a snap yet in the NFL. But w- that being said, we, like I said, we, we haven't played a snapping yet. He's already injured again. Uh, I, I, I'm concerned about that. I don't know if he's going to be that type of player that just always gets a bunch of nagging injuries to a point where maybe he can't play through them all. Um, and, you know, his, his brother, Joey, he has injury history. Um, and those prevent him from really being a dominant, arguably, you know, the best defensive player in the league because he can't stand the field for all 16 games. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go even. I think he'll hit eight. I think he hits uh, – I think if he hits a at least, say, ten games, I think he'll hit the eight sacks. Uh, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go even. I'm going to go under as well. Um, kind of the same reasons as you, but also um, they that defense has kind of revamped 
quite a bit. I, just, I I don't know. I just don't see him getting to eight sacks. It's at least this year. Um, I think that if he does get over that injury bug and and he ends up being a ends up being a force in this league for years to come, he could definitely get up there, get to Joey's numbers. But as far as his rookie season, I definitely see him missing some time. Um, so maybe right. I I won't say even just to just to be different than y'all say maybe seven for him. Yeah, and hopefully just his injuries don't get to the point where they completely mess with him. Um, that would it would be a shame because he is talented. Um, if not as talented, maybe even more talented than his brother. Switching to a a whole team, we're gonna go Miami Dolphins. I have their over under for wins at four. Uh, and I want your thoughts on this first just because I've went the last couple times. So Miami Dolphins, over and under, wins four. They could already be the worst team in the league. So I'm going to go with – I think I'm going to go with under here, or at least the same here. Um, their, their schedule is pretty tough. They do have – well, it's the same as the Bills' schedule. They have the NFC East and the rest of the AFC East. But Redskins is probably a winnable game. Uh, even the Bills games are winnable games. The Jets are winnable games. But again, just overall, Giants they have on their schedule, that's a winnable game. I've already named about six, but I don't think they win all six of those games. Um, I think they're going to be probably the worst team in the league this year. They're going to struggle a lot. We're going to see a little bit of Rosen, a little bit of Fitzpatrick. Um, they really don't have any weapons that scare you on offense. Uh, their defense is, they got one of the better corners in the game with in Xavier Howard, but um, overall, I don't think that they are they are gonna win it that many yeah, games. Yeah, and I'm gonna go under two just for some reasons. All their best players are on defense. Um, people say defense wins championships. The thing is, though, if your team is as bad, as, if your offense is as bad as Miami's is, no defense is gonna win you a Super Bowl. No defense is gonna win you enough games from being the worst team in the league. And unfortunately, I think it's their future this year. Uh, I, I hope that maybe Rosen can pull some some tricks out to at least make where management doesn't want to replace him next year. So, and we're going to go with rookie Josh Jacobs. Um, people are hyping up where he could potentially be the steal of the draft, that he can be um, you know, one of the top running backs in the league. I have his over-under for rush yards at 1,300. I'll shoot first on this. I'm going to go over. He has no competition for carries. Doug Martin's not going to take any carries. Um, Dwayne Washington's not going to take any carries. I don't see Gruden wanting to, even with Antonio Brown, Tyrell Williams um, coming over this offseason, I don't think they want to depend on Derek Carr to win them games unless need be. I think they're going to run Josh Jacobs you know, 280, 300 times this season. I think he's going to go off. If anybody, uh, if anybody just blows away, I think expectations and expectations are high. So for him to blow him away, he would have to have a monster season. And I think it can be him. I'm going to go over and I say it's going to be, it's going to go way over 1300 yards. Yeah, I, I don't know about way over, but I'll, I'll go over too. Um, main reason is I don't think – I think the 
Oakland offense as a whole could be pretty good uh, with Antonio Brown and Derek Carr isn't really a bum like a lot of people say he is. Maybe he's not your typical fantasy quarterback, but he's he's going to have a pretty decent year. So the run game is going to definitely be definitely be helped out there. Um, I definitely think that he's his, he's getting a basically he's going as like your number one uh, rookie running back, um, and it's he's definitely going to show that that's the reason why he's being taken that high. Yeah, and it's. Big fan of him. I, I was so upset. I could. I, I picked third in our dynasty league that we're drafting for right now, and he went number two overall. Uh, due to certain rules that we have in our league, Philip Lindsay was um, available to draft. He went number one, uh, rightfully to a, a Broncos fan, and then Josh Jacobs went two, and then I missed out on both at three. But we're gonna start getting into some of uh, a couple of your uh, your options because we don't want to be too long. Um, Aaron Donald, over under that you chose was 18 sacks. He had 20 and a half in 2018, but over his career, he only averages 11.9. I'm going to go under. I think he'll float more around his career average this year. They don't have Ndamukong Sue there. And say what you want about Sue, he's somebody you have to keep an eye on just as much as Aaron Donald. And with him not being there now, I believe – that will affect Aaron Donald. I don't think that's going to affect him to the point where none of us are scared of him because everybody should be scared of Aaron Donald. Um, but I don't see him putting up the the 20 sacks. I don't see him putting up 18. I mean, I don't even really see him putting up not even really 13. I think the 11.9, so basically 12, that he averages throughout his career, I think that's a perfect uh, – I think that's perfect for, expect, for, you know, what to expect out of him this year just because he, he did lose to – I mean, that's – to me, that just plays a huge part. I mean, I've seen Sue in Detroit uh, every, every game he played, and, and he definitely made people around him better. And, you know, it, we didn't think Aaron Donald could get any better than what he already was, but we've seen, you know, he had a a guy next to him that you have to respect just as much as him, and and he dominated. So I, I do think he takes a step back, but he's still going to be the uh, – He's still going to be the same old monster that he's been. Yeah, when I was doing this one, it was kind of hard to come up with that base number. Um, looking at his career averages, you mentioned it, it's just under 12. Uh, and then last year, he gets 20 and a half. Losing Sue definitely is going to be a big blow to that defense. I'm going to say under, but just slightly. I think that he, and I think that I should have actually went with maybe 15 as the as the number here um and with that i probably would have said around the same or over there i think he gets about maybe 15 16 sacks um there, i don't think he's gonna have a a nine sack drop from what he had last year to what his average is i think that um i don't think we're gonna see a lot more 20 20 sack seasons that that we've seen from him but i mean he definitely has a potential to continuously be a 20 sack guy but i I think that he'll hover around maybe 15 16 and and boost his career overall career average up a little bit and either way with sue or without him even though it should play a factor he's somebody that you know what you're going to get from him every game you know what you're going to get from him in overall season so there's no worries there i mean if you're in um idp fantasy leagues if they're a keeper, you probably kept him. If you uh, if you're required to keep so many defensive players, I know in my um, the league I commission, I you have to keep at least one defensive keeper. So he's someone you can uh, depend on for your defensive line slots. And we're gonna go with a we're gonna go with a fun one that I, I kind of chuckled when you uh, when you sent me your list, and I kind of I kind of hated you for it. 
Aaron Rodgers over under two Hail Mary game winners. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say under for some reason is the first one. One, it's just so hard to do that once in a season, never let, you know, given twice in a season. And then on top of that, I think that the Green Bay Packers are going to be in a spot where they're going to either win games by a um, not a large margin, but they're going to win games hand you know fairly easy, um, you know, winning by maybe 10, 12 points. Or I think they're going to lose games by 10, 12 points. I I don't see the team being an. I, I think they're going to have such an up and down season. I don't know if any games that they're going to be playing are really going to be three to four-point games, six-point games where they have to throw the Hail Marys. So, um, I'm, you know, when it comes to game winners, I'm going to go under. I'll, I'm going to go over just to, for the sake of argument here. I think it, it was a fun one when I did it. It's really – I mean, you can't predict these type of things. It's – Obviously, you got to have to have a close game. You got to have to have Aaron Rodgers have the ball uh, driving down the field. Uh, so that means that they got to be they got to be losing. They got to have they got to be have to be more than like six points or so, or more than three points or so, because you want them. You don't want them to just get in the field goal range. You want them to actually get a touchdown. So a lot of that stuff kind of factors in. But I'm just gonna say over because I think it's fun. It's fun just having. Um, and I know he's in your division and, and you guys grow to hate him, but um, it's fun to just see those highlights on SportsCenter and on the NFL Network and, and another bomb and one versus Detroit where Richard Rodgers goes up and grab it and just him rolling out to the right of the pocket and just chucking it down the field and having somebody come down with it. Um, I'm, I'm going to say over just for the sake of saying over. I mean, I, he can do it 14 games, 14 times a year as long as the two isn't against Detroit. I don't care. We're going to switch over. <laughs> Back to my list real quick and then finish up with yours. I'm going to go bring up your quarterback, Josh, um, Josh Allen. Over under 3,500 pass yards. Um, last year, I think he, he just got over two, I think, if I'm not mistaken. I think he was around 2022. 20, he might have been at 25. I'm not 100%. I think I, when I was doing this list, I looked it up, and I thought he was at, like, 22-something. Uh I'm not sure if you know, but I have the under at 35 just because he has a cannon arm. I mean, the dude can throw for 90 yards if he wanted to at any time. Uh, there was, he did get some receiving help uh, in not only the draft or free agency, um, but also post-draft for the um, undrafted free agents. So I, I, I'm going to go over, I believe – that he's going to flirt with the 4,000 passing yard mark this year just because he's so dynamic. And I think he has enough talent at the wide receiver position this year to actually work with what he has and be successful at it. I'm going to say over two. Uh, when you break it down to 16 games, 3,500 yards is 218 yards a game. Um, or a little over 218 yards a game. Uh, that is definitely doable. I know if, as a Bills fan, yes, yeah, sounds real biased, but um, it's definitely doable. And in a passing league, it's it should be something that you're expecting. 
Um, yeah, we did go out and get a couple wide receivers in free agency and then uh, undrafted free agent David Stills or David Sills. And, um, and then we also got TJ Yeldon, who's a pass catching running back. We got, uh, we bolstered up that offensive line through the draft and free agency. So this offense just overall should be a lot better. Um, and hopefully they, hopefully they can go out and compete with teams like New England where he's going to have to throw 350, 400 yards. Uh, so do that in two games because we play them twice. That's 800 yards right there. Okay, and then the other six, or the, the other 14 games, he only has to get another 2,700 yards. Uh, but we got teams like Dallas that we have to play. Hopefully, um, it's a shootout there. We got um, the Jet, the Jets and the Dolphins games usually seem to be pretty big games, uh, even though their teams aren't the greatest. And not saying that the Bills are the greatest, but they're division games, and those games are always fun. You, you never know how, um, how those games are going to end up with the yardage and touchdowns and stuff like that. So I could definitely see over 3,500. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm hoping you're right because I, in some leagues, I am going to look for him as a um, a later round quarterback. I, I'm the type of guy I don't take quarterbacks early. I don't take them really before round ten. I like to uh, just mix and match. I'll grab two um, like a Stafford or Josh Allen, uh, Jameis Winston, and a Philip Rivers, and just just play with them, play matchups. Um, so uh, ho- I'm, I'm hoping because he is someone I'm going to probably target in some leagues. I'm going to go and uh, switch to my team now. Lions, Titans, we, we know that anybody, you know, Lions fan knows it for sure, but I'm sure any football fan knows. Who was Lions, Titans last year? Like, literally, no, I think total, we had, I think, not even 400 total receiving yards from our Titans. But we went out, got Jesse James, who's a young, up-and-coming hopeful stud we drafted tj hawkinson who is hopefully going to be a stud i put the over under for total lions tight end receiving yards so all the tight ends that will make the team it's probably going to you know jesse james and tj hawkinson are locks and then you're going to have a mixture of either um nauda the the tight end from georgia who we took in the seventh round um Michael Roberts, who is going to his second year from Toledo, a uh, bunch of odds and ends. Basically, just guys, we're to see if there's a potential sleeper in the group. I put the over under at 1,100 receiving yards. Um, I, I'm going to go over just because, as a line fan, I'm not, I'm not only I'm hoping this comes true because I know that we did good getting Hawkinson and um, signing Jesse James, but I think both of these guys can do it. I mean, Jesse James put up, what, half of that by himself last year in Pittsburgh. Um, Hawkinson should easily have a big enough role, and he's skilled enough to come in here and put up 500 yards, even though he will be sharing them duties uh, with uh, with Jesse James. So I- I'm going to go over. I think it's just over. I think literally they hit, like, maybe, like, 1130 or 1125. It's going to be right over 11. But, I, you know, divide up 11 between the two uh, – it's five fifty a piece. I don't see why neither one of them guys can't get five hundred and fifty yards each this coming season, knowing that we want to make our tight ends a focal point on our offense. Yeah, I like the over here too. Um same reasons as you. I just and Matt Stafford is just more weapons for him to throw it to. Um Marvin Jones, hopefully she'll be coming back healthy. And then you got Kenny Galladay who is 
who is the number one receiver there. But overall, um, just having Stafford find those two in the middle, Jesse James and, and TJ Hawkinson should definitely help him out. Um, I could definitely see over 1,100 yards and even throwing in maybe double-digit touchdowns, uh, 10, 11, 12 touchdowns combined between the two of them. Yeah, that's, I think that's very fair. We're going to do a couple more just to wrap it up, and we're going to make sure they have some – these are going to have true meaning um, behind them for not only – for everybody's favorite teams, but for fantasy purposes too. Um, one I think we really need to discuss is the Steelers as a team, their win total. I put the over under at 10. Um, and I, I'm going to go under. I mean, I was think I put 10 cause I was fl- flirting with the idea of saying even, but I'm going to go under you have Baltimore who granted they're they're I think they're taking a step back from what they once were. Um, but I believe they're going to at least take one of those games. I think they could potentially get swept by, by Cleveland. I think Cincinnati could put up enough fight because, you know, those that rivalry is always competitive. I think they can take one. Uh, I just don't think they have the, the, the dynamite, you know, that they had on offense. I mean, their offense was dynamite. I mean, Bell, um, Big Ben, you had, you know, Juju and, and Antonio Brown. I don't think they made up enough for this off their offseason losses to win ten games. I don't. I I see more of the floor being six, the ceiling being eight this year, maybe nine. So I I think it's just it's too much now. They're taking steps back when the other teams in their division are still un, they're still competitive enough to be around and threaten you. You're, you know, like I said, I mentioned Cleveland. Cleveland, I think, can sweep them. Uh, and then there's just you look at the rest of the schedule. I I don't know if they can. Will they be able to go and win a shootout? You know, against the Patriots, would they be able to go and um, be physical enough to go win both games against Cincinnati? Or you know, even can they even? We've seen the trouble they had with Cleveland last year. Cleveland got a ton better. Can they even manage to not get blown out by Cleveland this year? I mean, it, there's a lot of questions. I think there's more questions than answers going into what we're in OTAs right now. Um, so I'm going to go under for them. Yeah, I'm also going to go under. I, I could see them probably getting around nine wins, uh, nine and seven. I think that they are the – I think they're going to finish second in this division um, by how much that remains to be seen. Cleveland, I think I'm, – I'm jumping on the Cleveland hype train, and I think Cleveland is going to finish first uh, with 10 or 11 wins. Um, Cincinnati, when fully healthy, has a – they have a dynamic offense, um, so it's just keeping Mixon and and Dalton and AJ Green all healthy and Tyler Boyd, and and they can definitely do some damage too. They could be a sleeper there too. Uh, they definitely showed it at the beginning of the season last year um, that they can all click together, and then they all ended up getting injured at some point and missed a couple of games even together. And Baltimore, I think they take a step back, but um, especially with the losses that they have on defense, and we already talked about Lamar Jackson earlier. Um, so I do think Pittsburgh is the the second team, uh, second team in this division. I just I I see them around nine nine and seven, nine six and one. Maybe throw a tie in there, eight and eight. I I think eight and eight's their worst, um, but around nine and seven, I see them. Yeah, and you know you know last year they were a playoff team. Um, we're now we're going to lead into the next one. We're going to go over under for new playoff teams, and the over under is four. I'm going to go over. I do believe that we're going to see at least five or six teams that are going to sneak in there. Um, or not sneak in, they're just surprised that uh, 
that we didn't see last year. I mean, I look at Buffalo and Detroit. I believe they did enough to get in there. Uh, I could see somebody. I, I could even see Minnesota maybe sneaking in there. There's Cleveland. I You have to imagine Cleveland at least gets a wild card spot this year. I don't see – as long as health is – on their good side, I don't see them at least not finishing enough to get a wild card spot. You could see Arizona stealing a spot. Uh, it's going to be super competitive. You could see San Francisco with a healthy Jimmy, Garopp- uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, a healthy uh, Jared McKinnon, the newly signed Tevin Coleman. I think they could get in there. So, I mean, that's what five teams right there, six teams right there. I wouldn't be surprised. It, it, you know, and you can even throw in the Jets, even though I, I'm not too high on them. They could prove me wrong that, you know, having um, Le'Veon Bell on their offense, who knows, that could open up everything where Sam Darnold looks like he's a top franchise quarterback and these wide receivers, they're not having the whole ballgame focused on them because they have a legitimate threat in the run game. Who knows? I mean, we, we, could see half the, we could see half the teams in the playoffs next year be new teams. Yeah, I'm going to go with the over here, too. Uh, even if the over was five or six, I'd still probably say the over. Um, just between what we talked about today, I have at least two talking about Cleveland and Buffalo. And then uh, you mentioned a lot of the other ones that I could see, too. Um, if you followed along with our podcast here, um, I've mentioned that I see Arizona as a dark horse. Uh, you mentioned San Francisco with their – as long as Jimmy G could stay healthy, he could be back in there again. Uh, I even see – I could see Tampa Bay as a dark horse. Um, so, I mean, we're looking at about just five teams right there. That's just off the top of the head. And, and that's still, we got to see what still happens with the rest of the league. So, um, I'm going with the over here. Hopefully Buffalo can do it. Hopefully Detroit can do it for our sake. Um, I could definitely see Cleveland doing it. So yeah, definitely, definitely over four here. Who's, who's missing that that's going to be, that's another discussion. Um, cause I was trying to go through the teams and trying to see, who am I replacing those teams with? And I, I couldn't think of uh, I couldn't think of what teams I could see missing because um, I, I could still see Andrew Luck and the Colts still making it. Obviously, they got Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs still making it. The Chargers are still strong enough to make it. The Patriots, they just seem to never go away. Um, so I could see Baltimore possibly missing it. And so that only, that only opens up one spot there. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to take a lot more thinking to try to – put together who who we think our 12 playoff teams are going to be but to answer this question i think the over over four new teams is definitely definitely a possibility yeah and this is something we're probably going to focus on more towards the season maybe throughout um a prediction pod before the season maybe predict the, the playoff teams predict the um the uh you know the individual award winners It's something probably that you guys should look out for. We're going to just wrap up three more. We're going to do one defensive one and two um, big fantasy ones. Kyler Murray over under 25 touchdowns. I'm going to go under, I think, barely. I think he's he's going to sniff that 25 touchdown mark. I believe he'll have a handful of David Johnson. You have Larry Fitzgerald, who doesn't seem to slow down a bit. You have um, Charles Clay, who – I think that he can look and um, get some 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 looks in the uh, the end zone, and then you have their handful of rookie wide receivers they picked. Hakeem Butler is going to be a huge presence in the end zone. Uh, Andy Isabella is going to be a sneaky guy on slants and and um, just like in and out routes. And uh, I'm even missing somebody. I think it's uh, 
I'm even missing somebody. So it's that's just, it's. I, I think he gets very close, twenty two, twenty three, but I don't. I don't think he gets twenty five. Yeah, I don't. I'm gonna go under here too. Uh, we just saw the rookie touchdown record being broken last year with twenty seven Baker Mayfield. Um, and while I think that Arizona definitely could could be one of those sneaky teams and and definitely be uh, well put together. It, it's going to be a lot of learning curves. You mentioned three rookies. Uh, David Johnson had a down year last year. I definitely think that he he lives up to his uh, first round. Even I know he's getting some second round grades now too for fantasy. But so he's I think he's going to go over his value. Uh, he's going to put up some first round numbers. A, a lot of the focal point of the offense is going to be the running game with him and trying to get Kyler acclimated to the NFL. But for him to go over 25 passing touchdowns, I, I don't think it happens just yet. I think he has the potential to do it. I just don't think it's going to be in year one. It's going to be a lot of ground and pound, little short passes, and and just try to win. I mean, the games that they win are probably going to be some low-scoring defensive games because they did put together a pretty nice defense this offseason. Yeah, too. and throw a quick uh, side note in there is I don't know if they're ever going to want him to be that type of guy where he – is one of the top, say, 10 guys in um, passes attempted. I don't know if they want to flirt with the idea of his body just getting pounded, uh, knowing that, you know, he did measure in at, like, you know, I think it was, like, what, 5'11", but people were even saying that was being generous. Uh, so that would scare me if I'm if I'm Cliff Kingsbury, if I'm uh, Arizona Cardinals management. Uh, it, it would scare me knowing that, oh, I'm going to have him drop back 550 times a season, knowing that, as small as he is, any one of those hits can just put him out, and then what? I mean, that's a big question. If he were to get hurt, then what? It, it, it would set your team back. The defensive one is Devin Bush, and I really like this one just for some reason. Is they brought Devin Bush, Pittsburgh uh, brought Devin Bush in to replace Ryan Sager, who has made a miraculous recovery up to this point, but he still can't play football, and there's a huge chance he still is never going to play. Um, the over the over under mark you set for Devin Bush was a hundred tackles, which two rookies did in twenty eighteen, which is um Darius Leonard for the Colts and I believe it was uh Leighton Vander Esch from uh the Dallas Cowboys. I love this mark. I think if a, you pick a guy like Devin Bush as early as you did to be the focal point basically of your defense, the leader of your defense. I'm going to uh, – 100 tackles should be very doable, and I'm going to go over. I think there's a very good chance he could hit the the 130, even the 140 mark. Uh, he's he's a monster. I mean, he's a ball-to-ball sideline-to-sideline ta- tackler. Um, if you have the ball in your hands, you best believe you're going to end up seeing Devin Bush somewhere in in your radius, and you're he's going to be right on you. You're going to feel him just approaching you. He's going to be breathing down your neck, and – I, I think he hits well over that 100-tackle mark. I think he's definitely a guy you can argue to put some money on for early season, uh, you know, early season defensive player of the year. So it's – I'm going to go the 100 the, over the the over the over 100-yard tackle mark. Yeah, and when I did this one, um, I was thinking it's – I could, he could easily clear over 100. I definitely – Part of it was because of the just the running backs that he plays in his division. That's six games right there um, where he's going to be chasing down Joe Mixon, James Conner, and uh, Mark Ingram. And, I mean, you get 
10 tackles in each of those games, which for a middle linebacker, that's not hard at all. That's 60 tackles right there just in six games. So you just got to get 40 tackles over the other 10 games of the season. Uh, he's immediately going to be the heart and soul of that defense, uh, the leader of that defense. Um, so just overall, I think I, I probably should have put the mark higher at about 120, and, and I'm sure you still would have went over. Uh, I could definitely – easily see him going over 100 tackles. Yeah, and he's going to be a phenomenal player. Our last one is somebody I'm very high on, and I want to make sure we squeeze this one in. And it's Chris Godwin, the wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I have his yardage for the season at over under 1,000. Adam Humphreys, no longer in town. You have uh, Deshaun Jackson, no longer in town. The only two – you know, if you can, if you ask anybody, oh, name the, um, name the, the, the wide receivers on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, you can only name Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. So I, I'm going to go over. I think he flirts with maybe even the 1200 mark. He's someone I'm targeting in fantasy drafts. Someone I will take early just because I do believe the gamble will pay off. So, uh, I'm I'm going I'm going over definitely complete confidence that he's gonna go over a thousand yards. Yeah, I'm gonna go under. I I know there's a lot of Chris Godwin truthers out there, and, and I'm not against them. I just think that the offense is gonna be really spread out. I, Mike Evans is the clear number one. There's no doubt about that. Um, and then you got I, I know they want to get Rojo. Uh, kind of into the game and into, into the game early and Bruce Arians is there. So he's going to definitely try to get the best out of him and most out of him there. Um, and then you got OJ Howard, who is, he's going to staple himself into one of the top four or five tight ends in the league. And, and he definitely has the potential to do that. Cameron Bright seems to be a favorite target of, of Jameis Winston. Uh, so putting him out there on two tight end sets. Um, I definitely think that Godwin's going to be on the field a majority of the time. There's no doubt about that. I just, I'm going to put him just under a thousand. I'm going to put him above 900 under a thousand. Evans is going to get a lot of it. And and I think they want to establish that run game. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely, it's a a big risk to take. If you want to gamble on him early, like I said, I'm going to probably take him maybe two, three, not maybe three, maybe two rounds ahead of where, He's going right now just for some reason is I feel like he's a guy that I have to get because people will, especially maybe in in one of my uh, personal leagues, someone, you know, one of my buddies or something are going to judge me for taking him that early. And then at the end of the season, I think they're going to be, uh, they're going to understand why we do a draft pod, why I, uh, I help with the fantasy football fraternity page. He'll understand. And, and that's going to wrap it up for all of the um, over-unders. I'm definitely going to listen to this podcast after this season. <clears throat> um, but before we, we go or anything, I do want to throw out the, uh, the idea we had about making a, uh, an online draft guide for our, uh, our followers. Me and Jerry are throwing around the idea of doing a online draft guide, which will basically, it, it will be a fantasy football, um, a draft magazine basically, but we're just not having it published in stores, nothing to be something online where, you know, send us your emails and we'll send you a online copy of it. You know, it'll have, uh, you know, our like say top 10 sleepers, our top 10 potential draft busts, the guys that we want to top, you know, our, our uh, personal, maybe avoid list will rank like the top, you know, uh, so-and-so of each, each position and it's it's gonna be good. You know, we'll probably maybe even 
throw out like a death chart uh, that we think is going to be like the opening week uh, death chart so you guys know roughly know who should be in a starting position. We'll give you our thoughts on rookies overall, even though we have discussed a little bit on this pod, but uh, we want to go in more in-depth, something you guys can actually uh, look up at draft time, something that would be useful for you guys. So if you guys are uh, interested in that, make sure you, you send us something. Uh, it's like, you know, say, you know, yeah, that's a great idea. It's something you're looking forward to just so we can get a feel of this is worth doing because this is going to take a ton of time, especially knowing that we have what most drafts, you know, honestly, they start drafting the first week of August. Um, and that's our goal. So let us know. Uh, Jerry, is there any final thoughts you want to put out? Anything that I'm missing? Uh, no, I mean, we got a lot of big plans coming up, not just for the fantasy football fraternity page, but also for this podcast. Uh, you, you touched on the, the draft guide that we want to put out. It's, it's going to be, it's basically going to be exactly what Adam said. It's going to be like a magazine that you buy in stores, except for it is going to be a little bit more updated, up to date. Um, Cause obviously when you buy a magazine in stores, they can't update that live. It's already printed. So we're going to try to have something kind of like that, but more up to date and, and kind of change as, as things happen and kind of be more uh, better for, for your fantasy drafts and stuff like that. Um, always open to suggestions on anything that you guys want to give us and anything that you guys want to hear here on the podcast. Um, it's, I really enjoyed this show. Um, I enjoyed putting the questions together and, and then just going over the research and talking about them. It was, this, this probably was one of my favorite shows to do. Um, I know I did have some background noise here. I do apologize about the little one in the background if you guys heard them, but I mean, that's, that's part of life. I mean, it's part of being a dad. You have to, you have to deal with a little bit of whining and crying in the back, but um, hopefully that didn't uh, deteriorate any, anybody away from, from our show. Um, but yeah, check out the fantasy football fraternity page for we got rankings up there now. We put our May rankings out there. Uh, it's now it's now June, so we're gonna um, get together and put our June rankings out there. We're gonna get all the admins together on that, put a consensus rankings there, um, and just overall, we're just um, just excited. I mean, every day we're getting closer to the start of the regular f- football season and the fantasy football season. Yeah, guys, thank you. Make sure you guys like, subscribe, um, share all the podcasts, listen to the old ones, just because. They're good. I mean, we put time and effort into it. We love doing this. So we'll be back and see you guys probably next week. Thank you.